Hey, Laura, I locked my door, but if someone tries to open it, I'm on a podcast and you are free to murder them. There you go. Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello and welcome to another episode of No More Mondays. I am your host, Angie Callen. Buying a home is no easy task. I know we did it for the first time this past July of all times of year or all times of the market to purchase your first home. And what I realized is you want to have a great team of people behind you. And today we get to talk to one of them. Unfortunately, he wasn't part of my team because he is New York's favorite British mortgage broker, Ben Lavender. One of the things I love about him is he has figured out how to stand out and really carve a niche in what can be a competitive industry kind of in the mortgage real estate space. So we're going to dig a little bit more into that and how he's become known as New York's favorite British mortgage broker. So, uh, Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted. I'm honored and five other adjectives I can't think of right now, but I'm pumped. Yeah. And all the seven listeners out there are going to be so impacted by what you have to say. They will. You know, what's funny is that like um, here at Madison, I have a podcast, not I, but I'm like the main interviewer. And I always joke like we get a total of, I don't know, 18 lessons or I don't know, sometimes 100. But it's good for other things. It's good for relationship building. It's good for social media. But, you know, it's uh, it's fun, too. I, I love doing podcasts. Uh, again, thank you for having me. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's really interesting when you become a podcaster, the this is a complete side note, but it's interesting the network it opens you up to. And it also like randomly, I met Ben at a conference in Denver. He flew in for with this very hilarious group of real real estate professionals and everything involved in that, where I went and talked to them about why they should all be on LinkedIn. And I don't think any of them believed me, but this gave <laughs> us a perfect, this gave us the perfect reason to stay in touch and catch up because you know, Ben's got clearly a great personality and he's much more interesting to listen to than I am because he's got an accent that isn't Western Pennsylvanian. Heck, so here we are. Yeah, the the accent helps a lot. I mean, because look, when most people say like, because I tell a lot of people just do video and do whatever, right? Like be more active. And they're like, Ben, it's easy for you because you have a British accent. And to a degree, that is true, but there are plenty of people that have British accents in the industry. Like I know actually, like I think eight realtors locally in my market that have British accents and they don't do video. And a few of actually like a few of them do, and they just don't have like the same impact because they don't do certain things. You you have to have fun with it. And I started doing video like back in 2018 it was interesting because my videos were like two minutes long there were these like funny skits of whatever and now like with tiktok people's attention spans are like you know two three seconds i've had to like switch everything up but um i'm just kind of rambling here but basically yeah you're answering uh, the next seven questions i was going to ask you already no I'm yeah just, sorry I'm just so kidding. in that case uh, i will stop and <laughs> I'll, I'll let you kidding. go ahead. so basically what you have told us that while you may be new york's favorite british mortgage lender you're also maybe not the only one i'm not the only one right. well at least in in new york and I, I always like to joke that i am new york's favorite by default by default right because because i am the only one and uh, you know my my mummy says that i'm the best so hey. You know, that's what I some, when you have an opportunity, you got to run with it. I think my that's one right. random question in return is, do British people find American accents as compelling as we find the reverse? Or is this just a weird American thing? I don't. But I mean, because I live here, right? But if you go to England, that is the case. So I should go be on a bunch of English podcasts. You should. Okay. You should. You'll absolutely crush it. Right. And to be fair, like my accent isn't a full... British accent. It's 50 50 because I moved here when I was 14. So it's like I got this little twang. Like my sister, who's older than me, though, she'll hate me for saying that. Hers is very, <laughs> very strong, um, as is my father's. But 
you know, we, we take the gifts that we're given and, uh, and we use them. You know, if I wasn't America's or New York's favorite British mortgage broker, I'd come up with something, something cheesy that's cashy. You could be their favorite bald British mortgage lender. That, that's actually, I've, I've used that line. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's my next thing. Bald, I said actually, New York's favorite bald British bearded mortgage broker which no one has okay so first of all i'm gonna you're all gonna get a glimpse into the behind the scenes of no more mondays because uh we're recording video but you guys don't get to see it so first thing is you just said something and i literally heard jim who is my husband on the other end of the house who's producing this and is sitting in on the conversation laugh out loud across the house so there you go you already got one but you're also like the only other bearded person in New York. And Jim's from New York, so we go back there frequently. And we always laugh that we're the only people wearing earth tones and baseball caps. Yeah. And he's the only man with facial hair. So, well, facial hair is in now. It's become acceptable. But the earth tones, you're 100%. I mean, I would love to see you guys walk around here amongst all the, all the yuppies and, oh, yeah. you know, see how you, you blend into the environment. We wear brightly colored Patagooch on streets full of black <laughs> like nobody else's business. Who are these weirdos? Yeah. Oh, look at those earthy, crunchy hippies. They must live in Colorado. Yes, we yeah. do. And you're probably going to set the trend, actually, when you come here in a month. I hope so. If you do that. They're always looking for new trends here. So uh, let's actually, now that we're seven minutes in, kick things off with how did you get into this? How did you get into this work? And one of the things, preview everybody, I, I really wanted to dig into with Ben is like what you, you gave me a perfect setup. How do you use it? question, you know, quote unquote, we all have a thing and how do you use it? And in this preview, you have figured out exactly how Ben uses it, but we're going to get some tips, but let, bring everybody up to speed. How'd you get here? I'll try and give you the short version. Um, I ran, I was graduating college and I ran into a family member who is the CEO and owner of my company. His name's Shah Tarani. Um, I was two, three months away from graduating, something like that. And he's like, you know, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm studying accounting. I'm going to go be an accountant somewhere. And he's like, try mortgages. And I was like, okay, why not? Let's try it. And I was absolutely terrible. At Who it. I am now is a different person. I was more introverted. Actually, still to this day, I'm, I'm a pretty introverted person. Um, but I was just different. I didn't have tremendous sales acumen. I wasn't as goofy. And I also knew jack shit about mortgages. Like I didn't know what a refinance was. I didn't know like how interest rate I knew. I knew nothing. You like, were green and stupid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just like, uh, I will say one thing about me, which I'm I'm proud of is that I mean, it's not always such a great thing. I have this weird ability to take punishment. I kind of like thrive on it. And uh, whenever I, I notice I'm not great at something, it just it challenges me and, and I enjoy it. Right. So I was just getting my ass kicked like every day for six months to a year. And uh, over time, I got better and I learned under Shah because I worked on a lot of his files. So I spent the first like few months, I did a little bit of selling. And then I was like, I'm not so good at the sales thing because I don't understand anything about mortgages. And he's like, Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let's teach you how to structure files so this way you can sell and communicate to people with confidence. I hate the word sell, but it's really that that was really it. Like someone would call me and be like, what's better, a 30 year or a 15 year? And I'm like, what? Like I don't know what that means. So that was that was really it. And then once I was able to communicate better and more efficiently, I was a, like I was able to let my personality come through. I was more playful. I was goofy with clients on the phone. And I think that's that's something that my clients and, and realtor partners that I work with here, I think, really enjoy working with me. It's like, because the home buying process itself is very stressful. So if you can enjoy it in the process and kind of make it light, uh, I think that they tend to enjoy it a little bit more. So that's that's how I approached it and still how I approach it, truth be told, to this day. Well, and I think it's funny because I, people would say the same thing. I didn't even think about this anecdote until you just said it, that people would say the same thing about job searching, that it, it basically sucks. And I always tell clients, and I'm like, hey, we're going to make this crappy process as fun as we possibly can. And I I had a really good team. I had a really close friend who was our real estate agent. And then I used her mortgage lender that she recommended. And we had like this really great team of people who I trusted, I liked, and, you know, I would still hang out with if if that wasn't what we were going through. And I think that means the world when you're going through kind of something stressful. But you said something that I, you said something I want to highlight. 
And that is that when you started out, you you were green and stupid, basically, right? You you kind of weren't that good at it, but you worked through that. And I think that young people today struggle with that. So that's a nice way to say it, by the way. Struggled. I was shit. I was absolute shit. Okay, I was terrible. And yeah, but sorry, Angie, I did interrupt. No, that's okay. Keep going, because this is what I want you to talk about. Like, how did you work through that, and how can young people? I would say young people learn from that. Like I'm picking on young people, but if you're changing careers, you're going to have to go do something you've never done. Right. I feel like we struggle so much. Thanks social media with feeling like we have to be just magically good at and perfect at everything that it's okay to be absolute shit about something, but work yourself through that to become more of an expert and to become successful. Yes. I mean, this could go into a whole other conversation about how the younger generation have been coddled and have been given trophies for doing absolutely nothing since they were five. And and that's why. And then on top of it, they want to be paid for just being alive. And and then that's another conversation because, like, I think the younger generation is is better at demanding more when it comes to employment. Uh, and I think the reason is, is because they have less hope and less opportunity than we did. They have student loans out the arse. They have, uh, they're not getting paid as well. Their rent is crazy high. So they're like, if I can't at least climb the ladder financially, I want to have the best job humanly possible and live my life day to day as well as possible. That's what I think. I don't know if that's true, but um, if, if that is the case, it does make sense. But going going back to like the ability to really grow and take punishment, I think it comes down to the individual. I get it from my family, for sure, because in my community, so I'm I'm even though I'm from England, I'm half Persian and half English, right? So I'm 100% Jewish. So in my family, there is a tremendous, it's unspoken, no one ever says it, but there is an expectation to do well in business, right? And again, like, I didn't grow up and my parents were like, Ben, when you grow up, you have to be a multi-billionaire. Like, no one said that. It's just everyone in my family does very well. So it's unsaid, right? So on top of that, just, you know, typical things that people do, I think, you know, playing sports and, you know, being competitive, like I'm a competitive person, I don't like to lose. And this is something that I say, I tend to say this on dates for some reason. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You better know what you're getting into here. Yeah, like I, this is going to sound really creepy. And it's not referring to what you think it's referring to. But I say, at the end of the day, I always get what I want right? One way or another, sooner or later, I always win. I always get what I want. And it's not, again, it's not referring to what you think. It's just referring to life. life. And, 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 and the reason is it's not because I'm lucky, right? It's because when I have a goal, I go after it. It might take me 10 years to accomplish it, but you know, that's, that's the mindset that you have to have, especially in the mortgage business, because it's so tough. It's so freaking hard. The amount of times I got rejected and I screwed up a phone call and I said the wrong thing. Um, you just have to have, again, this ability to take punishment. And so again, for me, it, it comes from my family background, how I was raised, um, and I, I I do see it still in some of the younger generation. Uh, there are some realtors that I work with that, that they're in their early twenties, and they're just animals, animals. They're nonstop, but it's rare. It's definitely a rare thing, and it's it's what you need to succeed in a business like this because it's just so damn tough. And if any of you out there think that Ben is anything short of like a hundred percent authentic. Let me just tell you at this very point, after what he just said, there is a uh, picture hanging behind his head that says, <laughs> that says, uh, thank you for moving your head because I can only see half of it. Losers focus on winners. Winners focus on winning. And I think that yeah. is so hugely relevant to it's how much true. comparison uh... exists in the world today. And that is part of why you're successful is you didn't focus on the lo- losses. You didn't focus on the suckage. You just pushed through and focused on what you knew you could do and winning and getting what you wanted, even if that was a long game. Yeah, I mean, focusing on what someone else does, because there's a lot of um, comparison like in the industry, right? Everyone's talking about their numbers and all this stuff. And I also have to remind myself not to focus on my numbers, right? Because like focusing, did I close this or that this month? Like you have to within a certain degree. But ultimately, it's like it's customer experience and realtor experience that helps you grow. So, you know, that that was 
the quote was um what's what's the picture it's the the michael phelps one when he's swimming and as the like and he's winning the guy's like a foot behind him and he's like looking at him you're not gonna like you can't win if you're putting all your energy to focusing on like what someone else is doing you have to 100 focus on what you're doing sure be aware of what your competition's doing but don't obsess right and i know a lot of loan officers that do obsess i know some weird loan officers that are kind of like obsessed with what i'm doing and i know loan officers that are obsessed with like what another loan officer is doing and it's like again you know like talking smack about them is is just makes you look weak and petty so focus that energy on on yourself and your life and that's another thing about wh why i absolutely love the mortgage business and like sales in general is that your growth is in terms of production as well, it's ultimately a reflection of you. Um, you have to improve as a human being in order to grow the business, right? So I'll, I'll give you an example, like, well, I'll give you kind of the tra trajectory of my growth is that in the beginning, I didn't know anything. So I had to focus on sales and I had to focus on knowledge. And then after a while, with that, I got business, right? And then with that business, the business grew and I had to learn new skill, how to manage the business, okay? And then how to run the pipeline. And then, okay, as that grew, I'm like, okay, shoot, I have to scale now. So the next step for me, which I'm, do which I'm doing, I have a team of eight people under me is like, so my new thing is how can I be a better manager? How can I motivate my team better? How can I help them improve? That's, so that's like my new challenge. And there's always going to be a new challenge. And it requires you to, it's funny, I actually just shot a short form video uh, on this yesterday is that you always have to like, and it's hard to do because you have to be objective, which is very difficult, right? And kind of release your ego and say, where am I lacking and where can I improve? Use your strengths to grow, but there's a certain point where they only take you so far and that little, you know, chink in the armor, you have to, you have to fill it, right? Otherwise you, you can't grow. So for me, that that's kind of my next thing is, is focusing on how to build the team and you know take this thing to, I don't know, 40, 50, 100 loans a month. What's interesting about this is there's also an entrepreneurial aspect to being a mortgage lender as well, because your, your success really is almost entirely dependent on you. Uh, you and I anecdotally are in kind of the same place business-wise, which is kind of cool. Uh, oh, cool. But I feel like as, as like just very British and sarcastic you are, which I love, uh, you. You, you know, I don't bring it out so much because unless I get the chance to, but you know, I love some East coast sarcasm. And now that I live in Colorado where everyone is too nice, I don't really get to use it that much, but I feel like there was such a great life lesson in what you just had to say. And that is that like own what you can control because I talk to people, whether in your mortgage business or your realtor, or you're in freaking technology sales, like I talk to people who are like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm 30 and everybody else in, that I look at is like so far ahead of me or I should be at this point in my career. Well, you know, they could be looking at you and saying the same thing like, oh man, I wish I was out adventuring every weekend instead of working like a dog to get to the point that they're at. So there's, there's trade-offs and you are where you are for a reason. And if you don't like where it is, that's when you evaluate your strengths, the chinks in the armor, and you figure out what to do with that to get yourself forward. But you should do that based on your own hopes, wishes, dreams, and vision, and not because anybody else is ahead of you or in a different place. Precisely. And then, then it comes, like that can become a very, very like philosophical thing, right? So like if you want to grow and do better in business, why? Is it because you're greedy and you just want money? Or do you want to improve your lifestyle for your family? Do you want to travel? And then like, you have to really like look, and which is why everyone says like, you have to know your why, right? And my why is because I just honestly, I just kind of like, I like to win. I like to win. I like to be, <laughs> I, I like to be the best at what I do. And obviously, you know, I want to provide for my family when I have one and, and all that jazz, but I just, I enjoy the competitive nature of the business and I feel that it brings the best out of me and it forces me to grow as a human, as I said before. And the, and the better that I do, the better that I can serve people. But that's, that's me for someone else. It might be, you know, they want to send their kids to college or whatever. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to have kind of your hopes and dreams and wishes around that kind of stuff. But I feel like you have found a place that really a place in the industry that really use, utilizes your strengths and plays into kind of 
your why. I think understanding Simon Sinek, know your why, like all that kind of thing. It's a little bit kitschy and it's become cliche, but I attest that cliches are things for reasons. Um, And if you stop and you think about like why you're doing whatever it is you're doing, uh, you likely can get yourself further along if you kind of understand that that deeper meaning and also align it. Yeah, it's it's fun because at the end of the day, like you can have your systems and your gadgets and your stuff, but I find that it can be very it can be very very deep. And I was talking to one of my team members about this the other day. So she has, um, you know, she's trying to figure out like how she can make more phone calls. And I was talking to her about like you have to understand your own behavior, how your own behavior works. Okay, so. Back in the day when I was a loan officer assistant under Shah, when Shah was a loan officer, I was his, in the morning, I would cold call realtors. And cold calling realtors to get business was terrifying to me. I just, even with my accent, right? I was, I was just so freaking scared to do it. And then this is a very simple thing, but I noticed that when I got momentum, I did very well. Okay, so what what I mean by that is I would like walk walk around in my office at home, and then as soon as I sat down, the rule was I have to dial the phone immediately, right? I'm not allowed to just sit there. You couldn't get in your right? own head. Exactly, and because I I realized that I got in my own head, and I would scroll on my phone for five minutes before I made phone calls, and I was telling my team member the same thing, and then I said when that happens. You have to use that momentum to carry. So even like when I was on the phone, so I had another rule. As soon as they hung up, I would have to dial immediately. I'm not allowed to take a break because if I took a break, that break would turn into 15 minutes. So it's it's a simple thing, but understanding your own behavior and then like that requires you to step out. But it's again, it's it's a simple thing, but you, you have to look at that stuff and that's what helps you grow. I had another point, but I lost my train of thought. Well, and it's, it's kind of like looking at your behavior and forcing structure and systems that are going to help you work around it if it's a behavior that doesn't serve the, you know, the bigger goal. Um, and we all hate the phone. We hate the phone. I don't like calling people back either, but necessary evil, especially in your line of work, you found a way, you found a way to make it palatable. And then as you get into a rhythm of it, it now it's not so, so big of an onerous kind of a thing. I got it. You brought it back. Yes. Thanks, Angie. So it's, it's all about, I forgot what book this was. It was probably, uh, one of Malcolm Gladwell's good ones, uh, like how to get into a flow state. For instance, another one, and Tony Robbins talks about this, like why he exercises every morning. It's, you know, the health benefits are great, but it's where it puts your head at, right? So I find that when I go to the gym in the morning and I pump some iron and I go crazy, um, I'm more aggressive in a good way. I don't like get angry and, and, and choke people, but um, it makes me more assertive. My posture becomes better. I become more outgoing, more playful, and more fun. So I don't go to the gym because of the health, the health benefits and obtaining massive biceps, but it just, it helps put me into that frame of mind where I can be better at my job, right? So like that, that's another one. And then that carries on to the rest of my day because when I go to the gym and then I go and do videos, I'm looser and I'm more fun. Like, so for instance, right now, I'm pretty loose right now. I'm pretty comfortable. I went to the gym this morning. Right. Did a total body workout yesterday. I skipped. I took a day off um, and I wasn't as fluid, even though I did videos yesterday, actually. But I wasn't as fluid as I usually am. And again, you have to notice your own behaviors and what you do like throughout your own day. So something I even say to my team, uh, and I definitely stole this from someone else, is that you have to audit your day. Right. Like you have to look at your entire day from start to finish the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. What is it that you that you do and how does what you do affect you? Positively and negatively, I think is something to pay attention to. Exactly. And then what do you what do you need to change? Right. Because then if you're doing another one that we all know, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, it's insanity. Right. And expecting a different result. So in order and it's it's simple math. Right. If if you want a different result, you must change something to obtain that different result. But if you don't know if you don't know what those very just habitual things are, what do you know to change? I'm a big fan of I talk a lot about morning routines around here. I'm a big fan. 
I am also yeah. a, you know, 6 a.m. CrossFit purely because it's what gets me up and moving for the day. And I, I see the same thing. Workout days, like more energy, less tired and all that kind of stuff on a rest day. I need to prepare for the fact that I'm probably going to just be a little bit more meh. Yeah. And that's and that's OK sometimes. I mean, look, at the, at the same time, you can't be on every day. So sometimes, Angie. I get into these modes where I'm like in in this type of flow state almost every day for like months. And then my body just hits a wall and then I'm struck with the infamous man flu and uh, I'm sick for like four or five days. And I, I genuinely believe it's because it's my body's way of telling me like you need to chill out. Stop. Right. Not not because. Um, yeah, because like I'll be, I'll be up from like six in the morning gym work go out and then like i'm not getting home till nine to midnight depending on the day for five days in a row and your body's like dude you you need to slow down so and um i think that's just a part of the the natural cycle and then you reassess or you know you start again in a couple weeks and you allow yourself that space i think is the important thing instead of just trying to power through it and now you can't get yourself back into it oh i become a useless human being when I'm sick. I cannot do anything. Uh, the, the man flu, again, is, is real. It's a real disease. Please send help. You can donate to my hotline. I'll provide it later. Um, but it's we, we need to rest, man. It's, uh, it's just, it's normal. So, And I also don't believe in the whole, like, you need to grind 24-7 and be a lunatic. There, there are some stages in your career where you do. So, like, a simple one is going back to the phones. Right. Like I tell my team, like, you don't just want to be on the phone every day because you're going to pick up more business, but you're literally you're sharpening your axe every time you do. Every time you have the same type of conversation with someone over and over and over again, you're able to, one, understand their objections and hit them with rebuttals more efficiently. But you can sense or you develop more of an instinct for people's tonality. Right. So to give you perspective, Angie, like back in the day uh, when I was, you know, on the phone with clients, it would take me like maybe multiple conversations or like one one hour conversation to really like read someone. Now, when someone says something, even if what they're saying doesn't exactly make sense, I know what they're saying within like five to maybe 15 minutes. And like I will again, I don't like to use the word, but sell them on what's going on, not because I'm selling them something. I'm not even saying like, we're the best, we do this. It's really just making the, making sure they know that I understand what they're saying, repeating it back to them, and then confirming that they are good with it, and then communicating how we're going to solve their problem or do what they need us to do. And again, making sure that they're okay with it, making sure they understand what the next steps are and all that jazz. And then boom, that's that's how it's done. And again, that takes five to 15 minutes max. Well, I'm going to give you another word because this is like, it's so funny. We've talked a lot about this and it was literally one of the talking points that I put on my notes before we started. And I didn't even know it, but I'm going to give you another word for selling. You're educating. And one of the things that I love about you and just kind of tuning into the content that you put out there is that that subject matter expertise is definitely something you leverage to your advantage. And what I think is so funny is we talked so much about how when you started, you had negative zero of it and you've built yeah. it. And now it's part of your shtick that has become part of that brand and the differentiator. Yeah. And what's funny is that any mortgage professional can do it. It's not just me like this stuff, the, the knowledge that I'm that I'm spitting um, isn't unique or proprietary to me in any way, with the exception of like a few things here we have at Madison, but 99 percent of it is uh, anyone else can say it. And like, I have mortgage professionals, not exaggerating, at least every couple of days, hit my DMs like, Ben, what should I do for content? I'm like, just copy mine. Oh, yeah. I mean, how much original content is there out there? But it's also, even though it's this is a crowded space, it's just like coaching is a crowded space. But people gravitate towards the way you message things and the way that you educate them. And that becomes the brand that some people resonate with the target audience hopefully resonates with and some people won't you're not going to be everybody's flavor exactly so and that's another thing okay so here's some more philosophy for you angie so we always 
tell people and we're always being told is to be yourself. And most people's reactions are like, shut the hell up, man. Like, you know, like I can't just be myself. Of course you can. So here's the thing. If, if you think, if, if someone says to you, be yourself, and then your reaction is, I can't be myself because that won't work for my industry. That means you need to go into a different industry. Probably in a wrong industry. Yep. Or you don't have the skill set to be yourself and all that jazz and you need to sharpen whatever it is that you're lacking. So that's two things. But what, what I'm really getting at is that being yourself is actually more efficient. Right. So think about like people who are compulsive liars. They have to like think about and track their lies constantly unless they're excellent at gaslighting. That's another thing. But if if you're trying to be someone else, it's freaking exhausting. Yes. It is so tiring. You cannot do what you need to do. So imagine that like you have eight meetings in a day. Each one's an hour long. I mean, that's a lot, right? But instead of being yourself throughout those eight meetings where you're relaxed and, you know, you could still be assertive and confident and all that stuff, but you're pretending to be or a certain character, that that is physically demanding, right? It is so, so hard to do and you cannot last that way, right? So finding a way on how to be yourself is literally, it, it is a matter of efficiency. You will do more business and again, if you cannot be yourself, you need to work on, again, what you're lacking so you can be that person. I couldn't have said it better myself. We're going to come back to that in a second. Um, and, and also, you will like if you follow Ben and everything he's doing, which we'll link all this stuff in the show notes, whether you're in the mortgage business or whether you just want to see somebody who's real and just authentically educating their client base, Ben is a great example um, he was part of what convinced me uh, to be on TikTok, which I, where I have two whole videos, Ben, aren't you proud of me? Nice. Yeah. Um, Good job. but I think that when we talk about like how to differentiate yourself, being yourself is the differentiator and you don't have to try that hard. Exactly. You look, not everyone is absolutely hilarious like you and I, Angie, right? We're, we've just been given that gift, but other people it could be something else like okay so another person um katie parsons who was at the event talk about on point sarcasm yeah oh yeah her sarcasm i mean i uh, sometimes katie i love you but sometimes it's a bit much but that's i let her have it and she loves it um so her thing is like uh, bird watching and photography that's like her thing it's her hobby and you know she works it into her business and you know, for some people, it's not something like as unique as that, because I think that's that's quite unique. It could just be like going to the gym or you could just be a family person and you're passionate about that. You just you have to have something other than just like I just do this in the business. Right. So even for me, I only put like with the exception of like rare occasions, I only post business stuff on social media. However, like in my stories, I'll put some personal things. If I'm out and about or I find like a funny meme or I want to curse at someone this way, like people have insight to my personality and they know I'm just not like some business dude. If you speak to other people, they will argue and they are correct that you should post more personal stuff. But for me, it's just not something that I love doing, um, at least not at this stage in my life. But, you know, to each their own, whatever works for you. Well, and it's funny because perfect. the flip side of that for me is I remember, I even remember you and I, when we were chatting uh, at lunch, I was like, oh yeah, I live in the mountains. We ski 50 days a year. And you're like, you do what? And it's just like that very difference between like the city life and mountain life. And that's a unique aspect that we leverage kind of in our marketing. And that's a lifestyle thing that we share in the context of of business. But you have unique stuff, everybody. It's okay to use it to go back to the very beginning uh, you have a thing. You can own it. Own you. Yeah. And I will say this, right? Because some people actually may not have a thing. And if you're listening to this saying like, okay, I'm not a family person. You know, I don't have a hobby. Guess what? You need to leave your house and do things and find the something thing. that you enjoy. Yes. Right. You're not, you're not going to find it by again, doing the same thing over and over again. If all you do is wake up and go to work, you need to find other things to do. 
right? So, and that you will, and by doing more activities in life, you just grow as a person anyway, and you'll enjoy it. So pick something to do. And that's how you find the thing. I think that is a great piece of advice. And thank you for proactively answering a question I was going to ask, which was what piece of advice <laughs> do you have for people who are trying to figure out their authenticity? Uh, go find out your authenticity and uh, be interesting. And it doesn't have to be for anybody other than you, but it will, it, it helps you be a more well-rounded, enjoyable human if you do more than just go to work, go home and die. That's it odd. Go to, yeah. yeah, that would be odd. Do you do you wake yeah. up the next day and go back? Do you do you come back to life the next day and go back to work? Yeah, no one wants to live the same life over and over again. Yeah. And I think honestly, I mean, I've seen this at least people that I know within my life that people are much much more active and social after COVID. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because they were just stuck at home for a year, two years, depending on where you were, um, and they're just like doing more activity and, and living life. I think that's a lesson that we all learned. I certainly did. Um, so you should be one of those people and, and try things. You should be one of those people. Words of wisdom with Ben and Angie. We could go out all day. Yeah. So I would, be, I would be remiss if I didn't ask for a little bit of your subject matter expertise. And what advice do you have for homeowners and sellers right now? Um. The typical answer is what I'm supposed to say is you should buy and you should sell, right? That, that's what I, that's what I'm supposed to say. What I really think is that if it makes sense for you, then do it. But like trying to time the market is it's not possible. You know, do we think that home prices will drop in some areas of the country? Yes. But what if you're wrong? Right. And what if like, let's say that you're renting. So look, let, let me rephrase this. So I'm a mortgage guy, right? So I, I always think about money, right? It's like, okay, you know, interest rates, you're going to save this much, you know, you're not going to be paying rent anymore, you're going to have a, a mortgage payment, you can build equity, all, all this stuff, right? Um, and, and that kind of changed for me when I spoke to this listing agent that I know. And he was living in um, an apartment in the Bronx. And he ended up buying a house somewhere north of the Bronx in like a suburb and he just had a kid and he literally said to me he's like I should have done this years ago forget the money Ben you know it's it's whatever I'm creating all these memories with my family and I'm having such an amazing time in this new home and I was just like that's really I mean that's amazing and I also feel kind of silly for not even like thinking about that there's there's more to it than to than just money, right? If you're, you're getting value out of the purchase of the home and you're going to enjoy this completely new life. And of course, as long as you can afford it and it's logical, right? I'm not saying do it and be irresponsible, but there's more to it than just like to time the market, right? You got to think of how it's going to affect your whole life. And then again, for people that are selling, same thing. If you're sell, if you live here in New York and you're selling because you want to move to Florida, but you want to wait for two years to enjoy the sun, then, you know, and you're going to be miserable in the winter, then that's something that you, you're going to have to risk. You're going to have to deal with it. So, you know, time is is more important than money, as we all know, because everyone tells us this. And and it is true. So, you know, the, the quicker that you enjoy your life, I, I say the better. Uh, I say the same thing with uh, job searching, that there is no perfect time because there mm. will always be either internal factors or external factors affecting the, you know, idyllic conditions of job searching, which I think I've actually been making a lot of parallels between the job and hiring market and the real estate market right now. And this is another one that there isn't a perfect time to buy or sell your house. You if you got to do it, you just got to do it. And there's no reason prolonging what you know you want to do to try to thread some needle that we don't even know is going to be available to you. So there exactly. You yeah. So basically, Ben, your advice is still buy and sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by itself, if it makes sense for you, right? You know, the, the only exception to what I what I'm talking about are like the investors, right, who are trying to buy for the sole purpose of making money, and I respect that. And like, even for me, I bought my rental properties in my late twenties, and I'm glad I did because over time they've appreciated and you know increased rent and blah blah blah, right? So. Over time, it it always makes sense, but in terms of again timing the market, that's not it's not my expertise, right? So it's it's hard to say. But you know, as as an investor, I honestly don't believe 
especially if you're experienced. If you're inexperienced, then you need to develop your own knowledge base. But like, you, you shouldn't be the type of person, I'm going into different thoughts here, but this is key, is that if you're looking to invest into real estate, you should definitely take like get some handholding, mm. right? So I help investors and I walk them through stuff, but ultimately like you shouldn't put it on other people. You have to do enough market research and understand what you're buying so you're comfortable with the t- with the decision. You don't want to buy something and in 2 3 years be like, "Uh, oh, my attorney, my loan officer and, you know, my realtor gave me bad advice." Like, no, take responsibility. You know, we're here to hold your hand and we'll give you advice, but we don't know either. You know, we're just we're taking very, very educated guesses based on market research data and our own experiences. But at the end of the day, we're just people. We don't know 100%. So, you know, be be informed. And that's usually the advice that I give. Be as informed as you possibly can and take calculated risks. Because at the end of the day, that's what we do in every aspect of our life anyway. Nothing is guaranteed. We're taking very, very highly calculated risks. That's what you got to do. I think Ben should be the new host of the No More Mondays podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it. you all all my juice. I've, Let's um, go. I'm, I've run out. <laughs> I'm a big fan of calculated risks in actually in professional life and otherwise. But in this particular situation, as we kind of like move along, it's it's the idea that uh, it's a long game, probably not a short game for most yeah. people out there. So take that for what you will. And if you live in New York, call Ben. Yes, call me. So uh, speaking of kind of like recommendations, advice, we're going to play a little game and get to know you a little more. How's that sound? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what's your most memorable travel destination? I think Italy. I went to Italy a couple of years ago um, to Lake Como, and uh, it was absolutely the views were just breathtaking. You know, just I haven't seen anything like it. You're because you're on the water, like in this, you know, on the lake uh, with this beautiful, like Italian Italian scenery of the actual water in the mountains, and then further back you have the Swiss Alps. Yeah, the skiing there is amazing. Yeah, it was just uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see what you throw out for this. A great book recommendation. Ooh, uh, James Clear, Atomic Habits. Yeah, Probably, that's a good one. Uh, classic. How, however, I have read, because um, that I've only read once, Tim Grover's Relentless. I've read like four times. And I don't read books multiple times, but that one, that one I have. Uh, those are both really good. And the Atomic Habits in particular is good to pair with the earlier suggestion of like evaluating your existing habits and routines and seeing how you yeah. can create efficiencies. And, and then, yeah, if somebody who want, likes to win as much as you make sense that you like a book called Relentless. There is one book that I want to read that I haven't read. It's uh, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Chef. Because have you read it? No, I've listened to the Four Hour Work Week as a 18 minute blank. But. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the reason why I want to read it is because apparently this is what I'm told. The book is really about like how to master new skills as quickly as possible. Ooh. So that's why, like, if you want to learn, like he went into, um, it's not Samba, it's Sambo, which is like a Russian, I think, type of like wrestling or fighting style. And he mastered it very quickly or he was able to figure out rules. And it's just like a different way of thinking and like how to master new skills. Because I also think that, again, in, in terms of growth, we need to be able to master things or, or get not master, but like get 80-20 rule, right? Understand 80% of it as quickly as humanly possible. So that's uh, another probably next. We should Let's have a book club. I want to read that together. There you go. Let's do it. Keep me accountable. Sign up. Sign up. If everyone wants to be part of Ben and Angie's book club, just, you know, come on board. Uh, Let's do it. What's your favorite movie? You're going to laugh. I had a feeling it's, I this would. Is, this actually isn't my favorite movie, but it happens to be the movie that I think of when people ask me that question. And it's Face Off. No. You, a yeah. Nicolas Cage movie is your and, and John Travolta is your answer to that question? Face Off. And then you've got, you know, the face other. off. Seriously, I'm jumping out on this one. Face off. Come really? On. That's your favorite movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I've watched it. We're getting, I haven't watched now it this is year. going sideways, guys. So the reason why, because it's just a classic, you know, bad Nicolas Cage movie. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But it's John Travolta and Nicolas Cage just being themselves on steroids. That's why I love it so much, because they're just so like wild and crazy. And they're just like. 
They're just hilarious. So, like, to me, like, I love it because the movie's freaking hilarious, not because it's a good movie. If you want to talk about, like, actual movies, like, to me, I love the Matrix trilogy just from a philo uh, philosophical perspective. I think it's a great, a great series. Not the fourth one. That was terrible. It was horrible. Um, yeah, let's not go there. It's not part of the... Yeah, no. and then you've got, like, classics like, you know, Princess Bride, Shawshank Redemption. Jim fell asleep the first time I ever showed him Princess Bride. He did not see it until he was, like, 28 years old. Should we shame him? him? If you're going to bust in on this conversation, Jim, we're going to shun you. <laughs> to the other side of the house, Jim. <laughs> okay. I'll go right no, come back. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, give me a podcast recommendation other than No More Mondays. The Madison Mortgage Podcast. Uh, and of course, this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Destroy, crush, win. I feel like that's so appropriate. I'm not even going to ask why, because you've always already ex explained why. Mondays, destroy. Yeah. Win. Conquer. The world is yours. So I'm going to attempt to wrap things up. <laughs> but uh, where where do people follow along with you, your your education, and your antics? The, the antics is a very accurate description. I feel like because, I, I thought you might agree. Yeah. I, I, got, I got to do more of those. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, Instagram is really the best place. Instagram, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on TikTok. I'm on um, Twitter and YouTube and everywhere. But like I'm most active on Instagram because I spend like half of my day on Instagram just interacting with people, right? Like people like realtors and loan officers in the business and just like random friends and family. So that that's literally where I spend all my time. And if you want to get at me and do some shenanigans with me, you're welcome to. Let's do it together. Antics and sh shenanigans. There you go. That's that's bet. Antics, shenanigans, and winning. That's you. Yeah, that's you in a nutshell. Which Thank is, you very much. Which is why this has been such a I'm, fun conversation I'm, that can I'm go on all put day. That on my wall. Okay, sweet. Can I hashtag <laughs> hashtag? That's your new hashtag. I love it. Gold plated. And uh, we'll link to all of this stuff in in show notes so that you can you can follow along with the shenanigans because I highly recommend them. And because whether or not you're in, this is a good side note, just a very like real piece of information. Whether or not you're in the New York market, Ben gives out great information just in general about how mortgage lending works, you know, how home buying works, financial considerations around all that kind of stuff. It's good education no matter where you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. How's that? I've, you know, yeah. I had to enhance it's, the shenanigans with a little constructive it's, no, it's, real it's, stuff. It's nice to hear. It's, yeah. it's very nice. Everyone likes to, to be flattered. So thank you very there much. You Andy. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And uh, let's go back to philosophy one more time before we bid adieu. What's your number one piece of advice for people out there who are trying to figure it out and trying to find satisfaction? Take action. Um, the, uh, you don't want to be one of those people, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, or I was guilty of this. So growing up, I'm going to sound like a samurai or something, but I was. Um, my parents put me into martial arts very young, right? And uh, martial arts, the, the problem with it is that it kind of – turns you into a perfectionist in a way. And like, I would refuse to take any action in anything in my life. I mean, I'm slightly exaggerating unless I felt like I could do it perfectly and I had to untrain myself. And so my advice is, is that don't overanalyze things. You learn more by doing than you do by studying. And you don't want to be one of those people that just like sits on the sidelines. I mean, like I have, I have a friend who like watches YouTube videos all day and podcasts and like all the stuff. And of course, podcasts are great. You can learn things, but you, you learn more by doing than anything else in life. So, you know, as long as you're doing the right things, you definitely have to stop here and there. And, and again, audit your day, audit your life and saying is what I'm doing is helping what I'm trying to do. Uh, but I honestly find, Angie, that the number one issue that I see people do is not doing anything. Perfection is, oh, you just gave me so much stuff. But uh, <laughs> it, there's no point in consuming all of these things. It's one of the reasons that I always ask for actions in these podcasts, because in my opinion, inspiration isn't a deliverable. And if all you're doing is consuming inspiration and not outputting that energy, uh, like, what's the point? It's wasted time. And, yeah. you know, I, I really feel like to wrap all that up in a nutshell, you know, perfectionism leads to one thing, and that's analysis paralysis, and that doesn't get you anywhere. And so- it's usually better to start than to like wait and do something perfectly. So I'm 100% on board with the idea that if there's one thing you do, it's do. Yeah, that, that's literally it. There yeah. you and go. then to add to what we were saying before, Angie, if, 
if you find yourself struggling to do those things because they're new, that's when you have to like sit and again, analyze your behavior and say, how can I put myself in a frame of mind where I can do this new thing? Yep. So you see, it all connects. Absolutely. I love it. Words of wisdom with Ben and Angie. We could be, we should like maybe have a philosophy class or something like that. We're pretty good at this. We are. Well, that's putting it lightly. We are amazing. We are amazing at this, which is why all of you out there should go to wherever you subscribe to this podcast and leave it a five-star rating because we are amazing. Ben, I knew this would be a good time, but I actually didn't, no offense, know that there would be such great advice here. I was hoping that would be the case, but I knew at very least it would be entertaining for me. And everybody out there I listening. Take, I will take that as a compliment. Thank so, you, yeah. Thank you so much for coming, sharing your wisdom, and giving people really good food for thought. Because I think there's great takeaways here, and the advice to just go do is a very sound thing to think about. If you're not doing, but you don't like where you're at, maybe you should do. Agreed. There you go. And thank you. Thank you for having me. I This was uh, awesome. Absolutely awesome. So thank you again, Angie. Ben Lavender. I'll come back on. If you want me back on, I'm, I'm, I'll come back. I feel like you might be a repeat offender. That's true. I think That's I think we, we have lots of conversations we could have. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Lavender, New York's favorite British mortgage broker, here with all kinds of life and career wisdom. Ben, thank you so much for being part of the show and joining the No More Mondays movement. Love you. Thank you. And watch Face Off. Oh, yeah. There's your weekend. There's your weekend due. Watch Face Off, everybody. All right. As we wrap this up and say goodbye to Ben, I'm just going to say thank you again. Tune into everything he's got going on, all the great wisdom and advice he has to offer in mortgage and everything out there. Uh, leave us that five-star rating because we're awesome. Watch Face Off. Tune in to nomoremondays.info for uh, all of the links to this episode. If you want to leave comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or again, grab the links and everything from today's show, head over to nomoremondays.info, and I'll see you again next week for another episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 